I'm Chelsea. And I'm Deidre. And we're giving you a million murders. How's it going? Good. Don't be laughing and being obnoxious in this episode. <laughs> we don't want to... We don't want to upset Autumn. She's long gone, though. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Someone didn't like um, our constant laughing and joking. And they could not finish our episode, so. I went home and cried that night when I seen it. I did, too. <laughs> I'm not going to say it did not hurt my feelings. But, I was feeling I mean, some type of way about it. But I mean, we knew going into this. It's we're not, not for everybody. everybody. No. And that's fine with me. We don't claim to be. We don't, we're not people pleasers, so. Yeah. I tell people, I'm like, it may not be for you. If you're someone mm-hmm. that likes it straight through and serious, that's not what this is going to no. be. No. Nope. That's not this. <laughs> and our description even says. True crime and comedy. comedy. <laughs> so there's going to be laughter. Whether you think it's funny or not, we're going to think it's funny. So That's right. So today I'm doing some ghost stories on Reddit. Ooh, <laughs> love Reddit ghost stories. So I'm just going to go ahead and dive on in. All right. So there are about a million things that I love, hate about the internet. Mm-hmm. But one of them is most definitely Reddit and how easily it provides me with access to anyone's thoughts on every topic ever. Right. And if you weren't already aware, there's basically a never-ending supply of terrifying ghost stories on Reddit that have the potential to keep you up all night with a paranoia all months long. Mm-hmm. With paranoia. I said with a. <laughs> with a paranoia. With a paranoia. Paranormal addict that I am, this is obviously an important part of having access to the World Wide Web. And if you're right there with me, then prepare then prepare yourself for some gleefully terrifying reads. These babies all have the potential to keep you up all night with paranoia, which is, of course, always the goal. Mm-hmm. This first one is titled, Never Play with a Ouija Board. Like, which that's is obvious. Obvious. Like, like, why would you want to? Because I ain't trying to see little Billy or hear little Billy. Little <laughs> Billy. So, Billy. I've had my own unexplained experience with Ouija boards. So this is allegedly true story sent straight up chills down my spine. According to the story, a group of high school kids met up around Halloween to play with the Ouija board and see if it would actually work. Unfortunately, it worked too well. Mm -mm. And almost everyone involved apparently ended up having some deeply disturbing and in some cases near deadly experiences that are still fully unexplained. Were they a result of a ghost sent through the Ouija board? Question mark. Mm. You'll have to read the story in full to decide for yourself. The story happened in October of 2004, back when I was still a third-year high school student. My friends and I st- stuck around the school late at night after our annual Halloween party. We had agreed to try out my friend's Ouija board. It wasn't the brightest idea, but we needed a thrill. Well, I don't want that kind of thrill. Yeah. And third year, that sounds like, oh, never mind. No, that's... it may be in America. I was thinking grade, if it says like grade three or something, um, that's when it's in another country, but never mind. So we found a nice spot under a huge Nara tree <laughs> and proceeded with our half butt ritual. Mm-hmm. There was five of us 
two boys and three girls. We were all expecting some kind of paranormal contact. Rumors had it our school was haunted, but we've never really experienced anything firsthand. And it was Halloween when all the spirits came out to play. We all wanted to get spooked. Also, we've never seen an Ouija board firsthand before, so we were pretty excited. Mm -hmm. Our school was an old Spanish colonial house. Oh, no. Built in the 1800s Mm-mm. when the Spaniards mm-hmm. still occupied the Philippines. We oh, were, so this is, okay. We were in a section of the school that doesn't get used often, located beside a creepy old Jesuit house. Jesuit? Oh, Jesuit? Jesuit. Hmm, sure. People only go there when they needed to use needed to use the restroom, store equipment on one of the sheds, or make out with their boyfriend or girlfriends. <laughs> we sat down in the middle of an open space with only an exposed bare bulb nearby illuminating the surroundings. We were all having a laugh, scaring each other with what if scenarios. It was your typical dumb kids doing dumb things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could have said that whenever I seen the Ouija board title. Yep, yep. <laughs> so my friend who brought who brought the Ouija board proceeded to place it in the middle of our circle. If I remember correctly, it was the glow in the dark version, which we found hilarious, but it gave us the ability to see what was written in the dark. Mm-hmm. Not knowing what to do and going after what we've seen in movies, we all proceeded to place our index finger on top of the planchette. Yeah, planchette. Planchette. We sat there looking at each other until one of us was ne- one of us said, "What's next?" We didn't know if there was a proper way to start the ritual. Plus, the board didn't come with instructions, so we decided to just throw in a question: "Is anyone there?" I called out into the darkness. Mm-mm. If there are spirits living here, please talk to us. One of the girls joined in. We clearly had no idea what we were doing. Still nothing. Not even the slightest bit of wind. One of my friends jerked the planchette planchette, and the girl who brought the Ouija board screamed, breaking the silence. We all laughed at how ridiculous it was. (laughs) Don't go laughing yet. (laughs) After a bit of joking around, we decided to give it another go. We all placed our index fingers on the planchette once more and asked if there's anyone there we would like to make contact. Don't break the circle, one of my friends jokingly said. Shut up, I whispered. We were just about ready to give up when the wind started to pick up. The stillness broke and the darkness around us seemed to move. Just a coincidence, we thought. Okay, no. don't break the circle, I yelled out. Is anyone there? I was excited. It was like a scene from a movie with dirt and dead leaves swirling around us. Guys, I'm scared, my friend sitting beside me said. My mom warned me about playing with forces we don't know. Did you die here? Were you killed during the war? Are you the headless priest that roams these halls? Do you know Jose Rizal, our national hero? Are you a hottie? My friend giggled. At this point, we were all throwing random. This is st- <laughs> At this point, we were all throwing random stupid questions. Nothing. This is bullcrap. I don't want to do this anymore. My friend said, exasperated. We were all thinking the same. Just then, a group of dogs from the neighboring house started barking at us through the chain-link fence. These six dogs were growling and showing teeth. We all screamed and, without finishing the ritual, bolted right out of there. Oh, no. We didn't see each other until after Halloween break, and this is where this is where the story gets creepy. 
One of the girls told us about a weird experience she had the night after playing with the Ouija board. She had gotten home late after hanging out with her friends from the neighborhood when she realized she forgot the keys to her house. So she called her brother up, who was then still sharing a room with her, and what he said creeped the heck out of her. He swore she was already home. He claimed to have seen her walk in a while ago and that she looked really tired and saw her head saw her head straight to bed. Creepy. Mm-mm. But no need to freak out ourselves out was all we thought. <clears throat> I don't know why. Right? Besides, her brother must have just been tired and seeing things. But then my other friend started telling us about an encounter she had that Halloween night. She was going up to her room when the lights started flickering as she was ascending, ascending. ascending mm-hmm. the staircase. Your typical horror movie visuals shrug it off to faulty wiring. But just then, she saw the door to her room open, and a dark figure stepped out and stood atop of their staircase. No. She couldn't make out the entirety's face. She couldn't make out the entity's face. Entity's face. <laughs> but she recounted that she couldn't move and felt utter dread as the figure stared, her, stared down at her. No way. My best friend, who just joined in the conversation, said in disbelief, Something happened to me as well. Oh, Lord. He recalled that he was sleeping one night when he woke up feeling really uncomfortable. He described his visions as TV-like static and a feeling of heaviness surrounded him. He looked around the room and that's when he saw a bloody, charred face with piercing red eyes grinning at him through the window. Nope, nope, no, no, no. (laughs) I couldn't believe what I was hearing because I had an almost run-in with death that night. After the ritual, I was sleeping in our sedan on the way home after fooling around with the Ouija board when I felt our car jerk. I woke up instantly, looking out the window. I found out that we've been hit by a huge oil tanker. What? I panicked and leaped out of the car. Luckily, my mom and I survived the crash since the front of the car was a total wreck. I still don't have an explanation of why those things happened to us, but thank God nothing happened after that. I never played or gotten near a Ouija board ever since. Nope, and y'all didn't close it out, so Mm -hmm. y'all done messed up. This is so loud. (laughs) Just clink, clink, clink. I can't help it. I can tap. I don't know why I'm like clicking. (laughs) It's going to take a minute. Okay. This is the next story. I was the last in a long line of grandkids on both sides of the family. No one has ever said as much, but I'm pretty sure I was an oops baby. (laughs) The result of one too many glasses of wine and a couple over 40 who thought unplanned pregnancies were for teens. Oops. (laughs) That's my Aunt Crystal. No, I'm just kidding. I'm in my people didn't drink. So by the time I came along, both of my grandmothers had already passed away and my grandfathers were elderly and lived in different states. Trying to coordinate travel plans for a family of five, including an infant, was difficult on a budget and neither of my grandpas were up to frequent trips, so visits were rare and spaced out over long periods. Still, both of my parents wanted me to have a relationship with them, so we'd trade phone calls so they could hear my nonsensical baby babble. They'd write me letters for mom and dad to read to me, and they'd get crown scribbles in return. I say crown (laughs) weird, so you're just going to have to overlook that. So, for some people, it's crayon. Crayon. Crayon scribbles. (laughs) But I think you get the gist. Yes. (laughs) 
Um, when I was three, they both started to experience declines in health. First, my maternal grandpa, then my paternal one. Fearing the worst, mom purchased a pair of teddy bears, the kind that had re- the kind that had recorders in them, so you could record a message that would play when the bear was hugged, and made sure to get a message safe from both. My mom's father died when I was four. A few days after his funeral, I was given a white teddy bear with bright blue eyes that twinkled from beneath a plaid flat cap and a green sweater. When I gave it a squeeze, I heard my grandpa's slightly muffled voice from its stomach, I love you, Sadie. Two years later, after dad's father passed, I got the other one. It was a slight gray color and the stitching on his face gave me or gave him a rather serious expression for a stuffed animal. A pair of red suspenders held up his tan trousers. <laughs> I fell asleep hugging it, and my dad told me some years later, with tears in his eyes, that randomly throughout the, that night, he kept hearing Grandpop's voice coming from my room. I love you, Sadie. No. I named my white bear Fran and my gray bear Jock and put them on a shelf above my bed, where they sat throughout my childhood. Honestly, I didn't give them much thought. They had become fixtures of my room, the same way the lamp and dresser were. That's sad. (laughs) Every now and again, I'd come home from school to find one of my parents standing beside my bed looking up at the bears or giving them a little squeeze. Even Mm -hmm. as time passed, they still recited their single phrase without fail. Aside from those instances... Aside from those instances, though, Fran and Jock were little more than dust collectors from my childhood. When I went away to college, the two didn't make the cut and were left behind while I made my way out into the world for the first time. I think my parents were a little disappointed that I wasn't more sentimental over the teddies, but any memories I had of my grandpas were lazy or (laughs) were hazy at best, and I didn't have the same emotional connection that they did. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So when mom gently asked about whether I would like them when I moved into my first apartment, I told her no that they were probably better off with her. Okay, she said. Well, they'll be here if you change your mind. I was pretty confident I wouldn't. The next time I went back to my parents, my parents' place was to house-sit while Dad took Mom on their long-awaited vacation out west. He'd been promising her they'd go over... They would go for over 30 years, and they were both buzzing with, with excitement. In typical mom fashion, however, she was also very nervous. You remember where all the financial documents are in case anything happens to us, right? She asked from the back seat at least six (laughs) times on the drive to the airport. Yes, in the white bin under your bed. And the wheels? Fireproof lockbox in the back of your closet. And the, I think she's got it, hun, dad said, reaching back to give her a knee squeeze. Mom, harumphed and sat back is that right yeah like a <laughs> yeah just call if you need anything i'll be fine don't worry you're only going for a week a lot can happen in a week she said i'm getting nervous i don't like this story i, I know what's going on what's gonna happen <laughs> what's happening i grinned at her in the rear view mirror unconcerned and she made a face at me but seemed to relax and i dropped them off i drove back to their place and started to make myself home again I tossed my suitcase on my bed and went to the kitchen to make some dinner and catch up on my shows. It had been a while since I had a true completely free week all to myself and I planned to take full advantage of it. After I ate, I kicked my feet, stretched out, and commenced lazy lump mode. I managed to get almost three episodes in before I started to nod off. 
I checked the clock over the TV and, and sighed. It was only just after 11. Was I really turning into an old elderly, <laughs> an old early to bed woman already? The horror. I rolled off the couch <laughs> and shut off the TV and all the lights, plunging the house into a deep darkness. Even in the inky black, I didn't feel even a twinge of nervousness. I'd grown up in the house. I knew I knew it like the back of my head, hand, <laughs> and all of its creaks and groans were almost comforting. I made my way to my room and flipped on the light. That's how I am with my house that I grew up in. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, all the little creaks don't creak me out like like it would like anywhere else. You're like, oh, yeah. What was that? Yeah. <laughs> it had been at least five years since I lived there, but my parents hadn't done much to change my room except store a few bits and bobs in the closet. They said it was they said it was so I'd know I'd always have a place with them. I thought it was because changing it would make the fact that I was out for good more real. Yeah. Whatever the reason I appreciated I appreciated the familiar familiarity. Familiar <laughs> familiarity. Whatever. <laughs> I can't, I can't talk. As I started to unpack my bag, my eye was drawn to the shelf over my bed. Fran and Jock, ever vigilant, were sitting in the same spots they'd occupied for most of my life. I don't know why, but I couldn't help but smile and reach out to them. I took Fran down first and gave his little cap a tweak before squeezing him around his stomach. I love you, Sadie, Grandpa said. After putting Fran back, I did the same to Jock, who stared up at me with his usual sternness, even (laughs) as I plucked out or even as I plucked one red suspender. <laughs> I love you, Sadie, Grandpa said. It was the first time I'd listened to them in a while. Even they didn't... <sighs> even if they didn't resonate, resonate as deeply with me as they did my parents, I was glad to find their rec- recording still worked. A quick trip to the bathroom and a change into my PJs later, I was in bed and fast falling asleep. I can't say exactly what woke me. A nightmare, I figured, given that my heart was beating quite quickly, but I couldn't remember any details. I took a deep breath and rolled over, already falling half asleep again, and found myself face-to-face with a dark figure on the pillow beside me. Oh, I yelled and sat up, grabbing at my phone, my nearest source of light, and shined it towards my bed. Fran was lying on his side beside me. I let out a small chuckle and gave myself a little shake to dismiss the lingering fright that he'd caused and picked him up. Did you fall off the shelf? I asked him quietly. Oh no. I must have put him back I must have put him back too close to the edge earlier and gravity had done its duty. Hmm. I gave Fern a gentle squeeze. Get out. <gasps> no. Mm-mm. I just got chills to my toes. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. Whenever I hear stuff like this, my eyes water. I don't know why it's so weird, but I was like, I wasn't expecting. Okay, Fran, a gentle squeeze. Get out. Could you? Mm-mm. I stared down at the bear and blinked once, very slowly. I must be more sleepy than I realized. No, no, you heard that right, I sis. thought I was hearing things. Get out. <laughs> to prove to myself that it had just been my imagination, I squeezed him again. Mm-mm. Get out. It was still Grandpa's voice, but instead of the soft warmth that it had always had, it sounded cold, almost menacing. I threw Fran across the room where he hit the wall. From over my head, I heard Grandpa's more graveling voice, the other bear, get out. 
No. No. I whipped around and looked up at Jock. He was sitting in the same place as always, but now he was turned towards the door instead of facing forwards. Had I put him down like that? No. I couldn't remember. <laughs> Get out. Grandpa's voice came from Fran again, louder this time. Get out. Grandpa echoed from Jock. The two went back and forth, their voices getting louder and louder until I slapped my hands over my ears and leapt from my bed. Leaped from my bed. Mm -hmm. I wanted to scream, but my voice was stuck behind my fear-tangled tongue. I stumbled across my dark room, chased by my long-dead grandfather's voices. I know you're down there, Jock shouted with Grandpop's voice. I froze. Down there? Down under the shelf? I glanced over my shoulder at the gray bear staring slightly down from my staring slightly down from over my bed i had to get out of my room i had to get out of the house i yanked open my door i see you friend said in grandpa's voice this is creepy i don't like it i was halfway out into the hall tears streaming down my face i didn't know what was happening i was was i going crazy was i dreaming all i knew was that my two childhood toys were screaming threats at me and i had to get away from them i turned towards the stairs you take one more step, I'll make sure it's your last, Jock bellowed. bellowed. <laughs> Get out, Fran roared. This is insane. There's, I, I think I know what's happening, but I'm like... From somewhere downstairs, a step creaked. Someone else was in the house. Mm-hmm. They weren't yelling at me at all. I realized, with a very strange mix of confusion, relief, and newly formed horror... They were yelling at the intruder who was making their way up the stairs towards me. Get out, my grandfather's howled together. Footsteps clamored across the wood floor downstairs. Something fell over in the living room and with a loud crash and again in the kitchen before the back door slammed against the counter as it was thrown open and a car engine rumbled to life. What on earth? Somehow, I regained my wits enough to run into my parents' room and look out the window to the driveway below. An SUV was peeling backwards out into the street. It slammed into the neighbor's mailbox, righted itself, and then screeched off into the night. A heavy quiet had fallen over the house again. After waiting a few long, tense minutes, I crept back across the hall and peeked into my room. Fran and Jock were where I'd left them, both completely silent, when they stayed that way, and they stayed that way. I hesitantly approached Fran, who was lying on his side with his little cap, flat cat beside him i picked him up and with trembling fingers squeezed his stomach i love you sadie grandpa said warmly i put his cat back on his head and gently put him back on the shelf beside jock and back and backed out of the room watching them the whole time with wide eyes as i rounded the corner heading downstairs to the phone i heard grandpa's voice trailing after me i love you sadie the police arrived a bit later following my frantic call to 911. I filed a report, leaving out the bit about my talking bears, and allowed them to collect whatever evidence they could. Every so often, I find myself glancing at the stairs, almost like I was expecting a repeat of whatever had just happened. It never came, and the cops wrapped it up, leaving me alone again. When I called my parents to tell them about the break-in, they immediately wanted to rush home, but I assured them there was no need. Really, I said, I don't think I have anything to worry about. We could be on the next plane, Mom insisted. No, I'm okay. Whoever that guy was, I'm pretty sure he won't be back. It took a few more go-arounds, but I eventually convinced them I was safe. And I felt and I felt it too, for the most part, after, after the initial shock had worn off and I had 
time to process what had happened. I really was okay. I couldn't explain it. I couldn't tell anyone what had happened without sounding crazy, but I knew it had been real, and I knew as long as I had Fran and Jock sitting on the shelf above my bed, I could sleep easy. A few days later, the cops did find the guy who broke in. He was a co-worker of my dad's. (gasps) Who'd overheard he'd be out of town. He Dirty thought the house would be empty and dog. easy pickings. Mm-hmm. Oh, when see, he, you can't say, don't say, don't tell anyone. Don't be on Facebook. Anyone that you're going out of town. put your vacation pictures on Facebook after you're home. <laughs> yep. I mean, like, we're back. We're back. Mm-hmm. We were gone, but we're back. Because how ratchet, first of all, like, oh, he's going to be gone. I'm going to go in and steal his stuff. And a lot of times when people break into your things, it's someone you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. When he tried to tell them about the two crazy guys upstairs and their violent threats, they rolled their eyes and laughed at him. So the guy, that guy heard it. Uh-huh. He was very surprised to hear that only a 22-year-old woman had been in the house during his botched burglary. When I returned home to my ap- apartment a week later, Fran and Jock were with me. I kept mm. them on the TV stand in the living room now where they have a full view of the front door. Whenever I start to feel a bit anxious about being alone, I'll give each bear a little squeeze and smile as they speak. I love you, Sadie. And now I respond, I love you both too. Oh. That was a cute story, but it gave me chills at first because I did honey, not know what was happening. Honey, when he, when the bear said, get out, I was like, there's what's, a demon. What's going there's on? There's a demon. And then it kept talking. I'm like, is somebody in this house? They saved her. They saved her. That's sweet. Grandpa's. Watching out beyond the grave. Love it. That was, mm-mm. That was so scary, though, for a minute. I was like, that was scary. That man breaking in that house. Ugh. So Trash. <laughs> Trash. So the next one is titled, Grandma's Light is Always On. All these grandparents. This, this is a grandparent ghost story. In one corner in my grandma's living room stood a lamp that was almost never turned off. She would change the bulb every week like clockwork, waiting until the afternoon sunlight poured through the windows and filled the room. Even then, she hurried, holding her breath until the deed was done and the lamp was back on. I would ask her about it once in a while. Each time, she would smile softly, toss on my hair, and promptly change the subject. I didn't learn the truth until I was 13, the first time I turned off the lamp. Uh... (laughs) I just wanted to see what would happen. Grandma screamed when she walked into the darkened living room, a plate of cookies falling from her hands and crashing to the floor. I could hear her praying under her breath as she raced to turn the light back on. Tears were shining in her eyes when she turned to me, her lips pressed thin. Without warning, she slapped me hard across the face. Grandma had never so much as raised her voice before, and I was too shocked to cry. She cried enough for both of us, gathering me up in her arms and begging for my forgiveness. With her face buried in my shoulder, she finally told me about the lamp. It was a ghost light, she said. Ever since she had my grandpa, ever since she and my grandpa had bought the house back when they first arrived in America, the spirits of the dead had plagued her. Only when her burden threatened to drive her mad did she ask grandpa for help. She had expected him to laugh for laugh her out of the house but he had surprised her by nodding gravely it was he who had first lit the ghost light and as long as that beacon burned through the darkness she had never seen another spirit i stopped visiting my grandma after that (laughs) yeah 
It started gradually at first, missing a day here and there, but by the time I received news of her death, I hadn't seen her in over 10 years. Whoa. That's crazy. As her only living relative, I shouldn't have been surprised when I inherited her house. Oh, no. Yet, (laughs) Yet as I sat in her lawyer's office listening to him read her will, I was speechless. I had a difficult time paying attention after that, absorbed as I always... Absorbed as I was with the business of remembering, so much love and fi- so much love had filled those walls, so many happy memories as I thought of my tiny, sterile apartment in the city, I quickly made my decision. I was almost overwhelmed by emotion as I walked through the front door. Everything looked exactly as I remembered it from my childhood. Houseplants still cluttered the window sills, decorative bird plates still hung on the walls, and the ghost light still burned in the living room. Seeing the old lamp sent a chill down my spine, I froze in my tracks, the smile fading from my lips, and I couldn't help but think of the night Grandma had slapped me so many years ago. Mm. I had told my mother about the ghost light the next day, but she had dismissed it as simple as simple old-world superstition. It was the same way when she was growing up. She told me, and I shouldn't worry about it. Still, I couldn't shake the conviction that I, that I had finally seen the true depths of my grandma's lunacy. I ran my fingers through, through I ran my fingers through the fringe on the lampshade as I thought a bloom of sadness darkening my nostalgia. Sally <laughs> sighing heavily, I turned the ghost light off with a deci- decisive click. Mm-mm. Something woke me later that night. I lay in bed listening to the darkness until I heard scratching coming from the living room. <laughs> Rats were the last thing I wanted to deal with at the moment, and I rolled over with a groan, determined to ignore it until the morning. The scratching continued intermittently, yeah, constantly jerking me from the edge of sleep, and I finally had enough. I threw the blankets off me and stormed out into the hall. Moonlight flooded the front of the house, and I didn't bother turning on lights as I made my way to the living room. I knew every inch of the house, even after so many years, and I moved confidently through the dim light. I was furious at having been woken from a dead sleep, and my anger ill prepared me for what I found. Here we go. An elderly woman was crouched in the corner. No. Her gaunt back to me. She was scratching at the floor where where the walls met, stopping every few minutes to cock her head. A gnarl of dread unfurled in the pit of my stomach. I had no idea how this woman had gotten into my house and thought it was obvious she needed help. It took me some time to summon the courage to approach her. Mm-mm. No. My no. hand shook as I reached out to gently squeeze her shoulder. I meant to I meant to ask her where she lived, who her caretaker was, but the words were driven from my mind when she turned and I saw her face. Mm-mm. Her eyes were solid black, bot- bottomless pits that didn't reflect the moonlight. Her jaw hung impossibly open, unhinged, and the dark tunnel of her mouth spiraled down into her throat. Mm-mm. I had a moment to realize who she was, to recognize the familiar map of wrinkles in her face, the curls of her wispy hair. Then my grandma screamed. I shrieked, stumbling backwards away from the nightmare in the corner. My arms flailed in the air, reaching for the nearest lamp, and my hands touched the ghost light. I yanked the chain, filling the room with light, and she was gone. 
Mm-hmm. I never mm-hmm. turned off the ghost light after that. I know. After letting the bulb burn out one evening, I began changing it every week, just as Grandma had. Eventually, I got married, and luckily for me, my wife was tolerant of my strange fixation on the lamp. The light continued to burn, and I lived my life happily enough. But my grandson has been asking about the ghost light lately. Each time he asks, I smile softly, tousle his hair, and properly change the subject. For some reason, I can't bring myself to tell him the truth. I think about how I pulled away from my grandma, how I thought her crazy, how I thought her crazy, and I kept my mouth shut. I worry, though. I know I wouldn't be around forever, just as I know he will eventually turn off the ghost light. I worry he might see me then, twisted and wrong, scratching in the corner. Mm-mm-mm. Just tell him. You better tell him. Do you want him to have the same trauma as you? That's this creepy. generational trauma is going on and on and on because no one wants to tell the truth. Mm-mm, they don't. I don't care if you think I'm crazy or not. I'm be like, listen, you're going to see some stuff when this light goes off. So you might as well change you go it. T- you go ahead and say I'm crazy, but you see, you wait, you like wait I see. Saw, I saw your great grandmama. It's the first time I'm going to say it. And the last time I'm going to say it, I'm just going to say it I'm right gonna now. I'm going to say it one time. One time, one time <laughs> only. only. You're going to think I'm crazy, but I'm just telling you right now. I saw my grandmama over in the corner scratching. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you want, if you want to see me, don't get that. If you want to see me like a monster, then go ahead and let that light cut off. And see what happens. Exactly. No, ma'am. Those were good. There's more, but I'm gonna do uh, part two. I'm just gonna do like when part I do two. these, they're gonna be like short ones, like short bits. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's gonna be all for today on this one. I loved it. I, I did too. They were good. I live for a good Reddit story. So you good. know it. That was my first episode I did on the podcast was a yeah. Reddit stories. So I'm all about it. Yes. But yeah. That's it. Good job. That's all, folks. <laughs> so if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at a million murders at gmail.com. And also you can write in your stories if you have any. Yes. Or your experiences or anything. Or like if you know somebody, whatever. You can do that. Yes. I am putting in. I'm putting forward. I am my left foot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm making a um, listener stories episode that will drop at some point, um, probably in October. So, yes, you all, and if we get enough, we can both do one. Yeah, you know. But I have some from Stephanie and Sophia is going to. Send me hers. She's another one of my coworkers. So I need to email it. We need emails. Yes. Well, I told her. I told her to email it. So we will have that email pop up at some point. So yeah, any of you all that have that, send that to us. We'll put them together and we'll do us. You know, we'll do an episode on it. Um, go to our Instagram and you can see the people, places, things um, on there. And you can go to our Facebook group, A Million Murders, and, you know, see whenever we post, hey, we're this episode In the studio. Out. Yeah, we're <laughs> in the studio. We're in this, we're in that, you know. In the studio. So, yeah. All right. Do all that. And, Do it all. And review us if you like us. If you, you know, if you get to this point and you're like, I just really wasn't feeling it, don't feel... <laughs> Don't feel led to <laughs> to give us a bad review. But you know, if you just do move feel on. Led. <laughs> but if you feel led to 
give us a great review, go ahead and do that. Or if you feel led to give us a bad review, go ahead. I ain't gonna hurt my feelings. It will, it will mind, so don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in. And we hope you come back for... A, a Million, million More. more.